0: Boom! All right, ladies and gentlemen, look, sales, leadership, funding, vision, strategies, but more importantly, execution is probably the most important things that you need to get in your business, and today's guest is here to talk about all those things and how to, most importantly, execute on them. So let's get this one on the road, here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life, prestige, wealth, freedom, it can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Bros! attention entrepreneurs and executives look scaling your business from 100 to 5 million can be challenging without expert guidance are you struggling with marketing and and sales optimization in your business well our guest today is passionate and creative entrepreneur who who with a drive to make a difference has founded or co-founded 17 different companies raised more than 50 million dollars in startups he's a mentor advisor sales and marketing strategist for growing businesses He networks professional, oh, sorry. He networks professionals and corporate leaders to access excellence. Now let's welcome to the show an expert who can help you grow your business, Mr. Patrick McGuire. All right, Patrick, welcome to the program, my friend. Looking forward to this for a long time. All right, man. I love I love your background, by the way. Simple white brick wall. I got a white background too. That's why I'm a little a little happy on that side. Let, let me ask you. Yeah, let me let's jump into this entrepreneurship. It's probably one of the uh, big things that is going to be happening, I think, in the next couple years. It's already been hot. A lot of people are jumping into this space, but jumping in and making it successful are two completely different things. Um, tell me a little bit about your background. How you've been successfully able to do this seventeen different times, uh, so that we we know it's not a fluke.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, first of all, I am completely unemployable. That's the bottom line. And for <laughs> I know you got a live studio audience of of young, you know, intelligent uh, students, if you will, that are looking to get into business and grow their own futures. And for those that are entrepreneurs, you are unemployable because. You're either going to build the business or you're going to take over the business. And that's how I function. I've been doing this since before university. I was doing this in high school and college. I was doing this when I went into the military. I actually started doing our own t-shirts for our qualifying courses. We do these things called QLs. Yes, I was in the Canadian Royal Military Corps up here in Canada. Tankers, Black Berets, that type of stuff. And we did our shirts. We designed them and we sold them. But I've never, ever really been an employee, except for when I built a business, sold it, and then became part of that leadership team. I stayed on with them for a while. And that company was uh, very interesting, very exciting. And I've had a whole lot of failures. But since then, the reason why I've been able to help, like you said, 17 plus companies is because about seven of those are my own. And I've built and sold and exited those. But the other ones, I've been part of the futurepreneur mentors group so futurepreneur is a young young entrepreneur mentoring program and also i'm a board member and advisor for altitude accelerator which we have 500 startups in our portfolio so we get to see and work with those that raise their hands and say hey we know we can do something amazing take a look at this help us out and entrepreneurship is um well it's a disease you either got or you don't but you know it's just one of those things that i love doing and uh I love the struggle. It yeah, sure is a disease. Yeah, so that that's where it comes from, and that's uh, why it I do
0: totally it. is a disease, man. It's like we got a little bit of lag here. It must be our internet connection. No worries. Um, look, I, I agree with you. Entrepreneurship is one of those things where once you get bit by that bug, once uh, it happens, and you've either done it, failed at it, uh, tested the waters, whatever it is, you can't stop thinking about it. It's something that keeps coming up over and over and over again. Uh, In my experience, um, one of the things that I think stops a lot of people from taking their business to that next level has to do with their marketing and sales skills. A lot of people who get into business are very good at the technical aspect of what it is that they do but they struggle with the marketing and sales side because that is less natural to go and ask for business. Um, Can you talk a little bit about what you do to help your businesses grow when it comes to the marketing and sales side to help increase that revenue? Because I think at the end of the day, if you have revenue coming in, it's much easier to handle some of the other problems than if you don't.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and marketing and sales go hand in hand. In fact, the way that I do things is different. So I walk in and I help companies as a fractional COO. I take over their operations. I take over the knowledge. I listen to the CEO very, very closely. I make very strategic documents based on what their vision and goal is because the CEO or the founder often has a vision, doesn't know how to execute it. They can maybe bring in some teams. They don't know how to manage those teams. So here's how I think marketing and sales are the same. They're one department. They're not two siloed departments that operate as independents. If your right hand doesn't know what your left hand is doing, you're screwed. You know, we got to work as one unit. And so I take that marketing and sales and I bring them together. I manage and oversee them. But what's different and very unique is I grab the development department department from over here and I bring them in to work with the marketing and work with the sales. Why? Because sales knows what the people are asking for on the streets. They're saying, here's all the features and functions of whatever it is you got that I need, the widgets you're selling, I need this. Then you say to the dev team, hey, look, let's look at your roadmap. And the roadmap might say 2025 for that widget or feature. And you're going, no, 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 no. If the audience is demanding it today, we're bringing it forward on the roadmap, push out some of that other stuff. Then we flip back to marketing Tell them to put the package together, make it pretty because it's coming out in the next three or six, whatever months the dev team says. And then we just say to the sales team, you can start to market that in your conversations. Don't commit to a delivery date. We'll let you know when that happens. Marketing will push it out. Development will deliver it. And that's why I think that marketing, sales and development are actually under the same umbrella and report to the COO.
0: Okay, let me let me break this down a little bit because uh, I I think a lot of people they're familiar with CEO uh, but not necessarily mm. the operations aspect of it, right? Um, and so right. I kind of want to make sure that people understand well, first of all what is a fractional version of a COO, what is a COO, uh, and and why is it you're so focused on those SOPs, on those standard operating procedures to get things in, in a in a position where people can look at those things like marketing and sales and call them a division because they actually have a path to move forward together.
1: Yeah. So it's a great question. First of all, CEOs and founders are the visionaries. They've got a dream. They've got a passion. They got a product they think maybe. And uh, the the COO walks in and says, I'm going to manage all the operations, all the moving pieces the people, the teams, the technology, the marketing, and the sales, the design, the layout, to make sure that we deliver on the CEO or the founder's vision. And a COO, Chief Operating Officer, that's exactly what the name is and that's what it is. You take over operations and you manage it. So that way you can lead and guide teams in appropriate manners like, hey, look, you're on the sales side, here's the messaging that we're putting together, can you deliver on this? What do we need to do to make it better? And your director of sales, or whoever that might be, VP sales, will report back to COO, say, yes, we can execute on that, but here's how we can make it better. Then, in the same thing, it happens in marketing. Here's the vision and the message that we need to get out. Development says they can deliver on it, but it's gonna be a while. Let's put that package together. So, you lead each one of those independent groups the marketing, the sales, and development. You lead them. You empower, as I like to say, you probably picked that up. I like that word, but you empower each one of those team leaders. To execute on the vision of that CEO, the chief uh, the chief executive officer, the boss, the founder, the visionary, whatever you want to call it. But the COO is the person that's in the middle that, well, we'll say GSD, gets uh, stuff done. We're going to call it stuff. Gets stuff done. And that's really important because if sales runs on its own and marketing runs on its own, which I've been involved in companies, I've done this they fail miserably because the salespeople can't deliver on what the marketing people are promising. And even worse, sometimes it's the salespeople are making crazy promises that dev and marketing can't deliver on. Marketing will make some crap up, but development can't do it. And we fail miserably there. And then how about the development team? They promise something in six months or a year and, and we all do the marketing. We put it all in place and then that falls flat. How do we pivot? How do we change? So the COO is the person who has to make sure that we have those steps, the SOPs, the standard operating procedures in place for each one of those departments so they can all be aligned to work together. That's what a fractional COO would do, part-time if you will. Someone who comes in with a short focused execution, uh, half a day every day for a week or a month, a year, whatever the contract plans are, but it's to get you to that next level as a company and sometimes I just step out. Sometimes I do it for the period of the contract and longer. It's whatever it takes to get to that level of excellence that we agreed to as a CEO asked for.
0: Now, I know for in my own personal experience, uh, when I'm running an organization or running a particular project, as a visionary, my mind can go in a bunch of million directions. So many shiny objects are out there that... They yep. all seem to be part of the vision, or maybe they're just lighting up a, a huge vision that I, uh, that I, uh, that I as, a, as a CEO might be able to see, but can't clearly project it to the rest of my team, right? So I'd imagine when a COO comes into the picture, they're kind of help prioritize and focus in on a particular goal. How do you help Absolutely. companies uh, become effective leaders that way and, and get a focus and maintain that focus?
1: yeah, you're a hundred percent right. And that's why you're taking us to class here is is those CEOs, those founders, they're they're as crazy as I am, honestly. And they'll think about everything. I've done it a few times. I've done it with partners. I've done it on my own. and and we're absolutely nuts, unemployable, if you will. And the shiny object syndrome is so dangerous to those individuals. They also have the sunk cost fallacy as well, where they like, oh, we put all this effort into this shiny object and it didn't work. And we're going to have to keep doing it better and do it better and do it better until it actually works. And it's like, stop that right now. So a COO, if you're any good to your team, to your people, to your leaders, as well as the teams that are below you, you will help focus what is critical, urgent, and what is just fluff. So I like to take this very simple approach. And I think everybody gets it. Wants, needs, and wish list. The wants, The CEOs comes up with a visionary, the founder, whoever comes up with some crazy wants. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to talk. I want to connect this with 10 million people in the next year. And you're like, okay, well, what do you need? Well, I actually need the thing to be developed first. Yeah. Okay. What do you need beyond that? I need to have a beta group or an alpha group, then a beta group. And then I got to get to go to market. So we specialize in ideation, creation commercialization and acquisition. That's what we do from Altitude Accelerator, from Empowered Entrepreneur. We do that to help companies go from zero to their first million to five to 10, 20, and north of 50. I've done it. I've been there. We help get one of our companies from nothing, from an idea to 23 months later, getting acquired for a nice big, um, just over $10 million figure, and then staying on for another year to get us to 20 million. And then another two years to take us to a team of 120 sales reps at 121 million ARR annual recurring revenue folks for a 2.7 year average. Now, we have to help the CEOs stay focused because they might take us on this wild dog chase through the forest, over the hills and down into the ocean, right down there by you. And, and we're lost and we're drowning in this sea. This It turns out to be a red sea, not a blue sea. It's not the blue ocean. It's, it's dangerous because we followed every shiny object and nobody on the marketing team or the sales team or the dev team really want to tell the boss, sorry, I think that's crazy. They listen to the boss and say, look at the wish list, we could do it all. <laughs> and it takes someone who's as crazy, a little bit stupid, very, very bold, stubborn, and willing to take those SOPs to accomplish their goals and scale them down. That's what I like to do as a COO. Let, let me ask you about the growth
0: aspect of it, because you know, when, when a business when the business first gets started, when you're talking about that zero factor, the dreams are always great and the vision is always great. But to get to the point where somebody's actually going to give you some funding, where you're where you're scaling at the point where somebody's like, "Yes, I want to pour money into this thing." Mm-hmm. Um, what is it that companies are looking for? What is it that venture capitalists? What is it that angel investors? What is it that outside money is looking for? in a company in order for it to get some of that revenue? And and how do you how are you getting the CEO to kind of focus in on that vision to get to that point?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And it's really hard because uh, I would say that back in 2010, angels were wonderful. Angel financing or family and friends, then angel financing was wonderful. Then you go to the VCs, the venture capitalists, who I used to call the vultures because they put such parameters in place and they were just, they were eat you alive. And then they take your business if you screw it up, but it's switched. A lot of angels became so concerned about their money and their return on investment. They became these vultures and the VCs the venture capitalists are actually dishing funds out. I mean, this is quite a few years later, that went about 2016 and now 2022, 23, they, they flipped. And you've got these venture capitalists who are actually, honestly, if you got a great idea and a great business, they're putting money into companies. But what do they need? That's your question. They need a great CEO with a great vision or a great founder with a great vision. You need a product that is realistic as well as that founder's vision has to be realistic. It has to be rooted in a real problem-solving solution. Those are the ones that get found uh, funded the easiest, of course. You also have to see a really huge and yet realistic total addressable market, the TAM, as some people will hear people reference off, the TAM. And if you do have all that in line, there's a lot of other things that have to come around. Culture is massive in small startups these days. If you don't have a good culture, and that is driven by your founder, by your leader, by your visionary, if you don't have a good culture, they're going to know right away They can tell, and I've done this, I go into some groups, of course, being a part of Altitude Accelerator, a board member, director, and advisor. I see some founders come in and I'm just like, it's not you. Your product is awesome, but you're the problem. This will never succeed because you're in your own way. And those venture capitalists or angels, they can see it. VCs are much better at it. Their due diligence is much, much more uh, intelligent, structured. They've got their SOPs, as I like to say. They know exactly what boxes they're checking but you have to have a great vision and you have to have someone who can actually share that message. And some of those founders can't share. They just spout crap off.
0: It's tough, man. It's tough. Look, we got uh, we got Paul here on YouTube saying, I've, I've been trying to scale my rug cleaning business for years and I've had problems hiring and organizing a good marketing plan. I've been in business for mm. 20 years. I need help badly and I've been taking classes from, uh, from Brandon Vaughn, who's excellent, but I feel overwhelmed. He says, my business makes over hundred K, but has so much potential. If I good. was organized, what advice would you give them? What, what, what types of like somebody's coming to you? Literally these are, this is a, a regular problem that I see over and over with entrepreneurs. I get to a certain point where I feel like I plateau and I can't break that ceiling. I'm doing good, but I'm, yeah. I'm my hair out. You know, I'm, I'm <laughs> running out of hours of the day, you know, I'm doing all those things. What can I do to go to that next level?
1: Yeah. We have a lot of entrepreneurs say that, right? I mean, you and I both see these people coming in and saying we need help. And you know what, first of all, to Paul, hundred K congratulations. Good job. Like you're not building some piece of garbage. That's fantastic. Rug cleaning is an industry that I can't say that I have any superstar experience in. I'm not a hundred K or a million K to a million dollar person in that industry, but I'll say this, Paul, you worked hard, you made it there. What did you do that made you successful in the first place? And before you think about it too much, it may not work to take you to the next level. What are your goals? Uh, have you set, and, and just going back to the 4DX, if you look it up, you'll figure it out. Do you have a wildly inspirational goal, Paul? Or anyone? Wildly inspirational goal. You got to have wildly inspirational goal number one and goal number two. You got to create three things that will help you get that wildly inspirational goal and then create three tasks for each of those and hammer them out. It's very simple, it's 40X, you can find it online. It's, I'm not telling you anything secret. I can help you execute them and I can help you show you how to structure it. But Paul, how big do you want your company to go? Where are you located? What's your total addressable market? How big can the rug cleaning business get in your area? And have you knocked on every single door in your area? Because that's something that's rare. People still knock on doors, but very rarely. And if you haven't done it physically, do it digitally. Have you done that yet? And I mean, the business bros, they know this one. You got to tap out on the social media. You got to connect. You got to put yourself out there. You got to make people aware. And you've got to invite them in. So get them on a list. Give them a reason to do business with you, Paul. Share how awesome you are and how you've built this incredible business and how you will change their lives by solving their problems. Don't tell them what you're going to sell them. Tell them the experience that they're going to have when their rugs are pristine clean, their customers walk into the front door and they go, oh my goodness, this is the business I want to do business with. When they see a solution, they're going to want to work with you, Paul. And that might be just one angle to take. Tell them how great your customers are. Tell them how awesome you are by telling your customer success stories, whether they're businesses or homes. I didn't get that off your message that you gave to the team here at the business bros, but that's part of what I would do. Tap in every audience customers say it best and just hammer it, but you can't do it, Paul. If you don't have a vision and a goal, set your wig.
0: Let me, yeah, I love that. I love the wigs by the way. Um, they, they keep you, they keep you focused and in line for sure. Um, one of the things that Paul mentioned here was, uh, having problems hiring uh, and you as a COO have certain processes that you put in place. Um, Oftentimes, I don't think people realize that a lot of the processes that are put in place are not just for profitability sake but it's also to ensure that the culture of your business is is set at a certain pace and at the same time it will it will really bring down the turnover that you have especially in a business like a road cleaning business because if you have if, a, if a, an employee comes in every day knows exactly what they're supposed to do exactly what the job type is what a completed yep. success rate looks like um, It it gives you all the KPIs, all the things that you can measure in place so that when they so that when an employee comes in, they have a metric for success and they're shooting for that because I think far too often. Um, a lot of entrepreneurs just want to bring somebody in and clone themselves, which is damn near impossible. Yeah. You're never going to find somebody to be at that level. What do you say to that You know, when you have employees, that, especially in, the, in a business that has a lot of turnover, so that they can avoid some of that turnover and maximize the output when, when people do come into that business?
1: That's really great. I love the way you sort of called it out. And I'll address the first thing is you don't want a clone of yourself. Because then that means you're cloning all of your flaws and inherent problems and the, the unscalability, that roof that's capped you so long. Maybe you're stuck at a hundred. Maybe it's not that you can't get over a hundred. You're stuck there mentally yourself. But you want to hire people that are greater than you, that are better than you. Not the same, not to be the same. You want to make sure you got someone that's going to bring something new, some new juice, some new energy, some new life, some new ideas, a different way of marketing, a different way of selling, a different way of closing deals. Maybe it's just a different way of actually doing the work. So I'm not sure who Paul's got to hire. Is it the salespeople or is it the workers? I have another strategy that I do. I used to do this for my gyms all the time. And any of the sort of quasi franchise groups that I work with that are getting started when they're doing their licensing model, it's, it's, the, it's actually Snap Fitness. If you look it up and go back in history, you can check out Snap Fitness. I used to do a lot of business with them when I had Empowered Nutrition. Obviously, Empowered Entrepreneur carried on from that. But you got to work at one then co-manage number two, then you can own number three. So you're training your men, yourself and then you're training your mentors or mentees to then take over and partner with you on the next location, the fourth, which is their first and then repeat and repeat and repeat. So that's a snap fitness model that came out of a lot of companies. Of course, it wasn't just them, but that's who I personally was involved with. It's the one, two, three, free, right? The fourth one is basically free. You're just making money because you're, you're helping someone. I do that now in all of our free groups. So I do peer groups. I put entrepreneurs, executives, and and members together that are founders. We have monthly conversations. We have emails. We actually communicate together. And I provide a couple of them for free, actually. It's one that I'm going to tell you about, of course, but uh, I don't often do this. But we get them involved in a like-minded group and we help coach each other. Then when it comes time to hiring, you say, hey, what's my biggest problem with hiring? Well, who are you going to hire? Is it the worker? Is it the, the manager? Is it the guy that's going to take over or the girl that's going to take over? And uh, I would say that uh, Paul's vision here is to grow the business beyond himself, not clone himself, but clone the business unit and have someone who's better take over.
0: Yeah, and let me let me share with you because because Paul dropped some stuff here up on screen. I think this is perfect. Paul's awesome. We have an episode <laughs> with, a, with a nice coaching, uh, coaching opportunity here. Paul says I, I'm having regrets getting into the business completely because mm, I haven't seen my reward yet. Maybe I'm a bad entrepreneur. He says, I, I do it all marketing estimates, rug cleaning. My market is huge in New Jersey. I, I go to, to cleaning the entire building and then go back and pull up rugs and then go back and clean them. And they've I've had one helper at a time. This is a solo panure, right? Somebody who's yep, out there it. wearing all the individual hats. And I think it really plays into what you're describing here, which is, who are you training? Who are you bringing on?
1: Yeah. What
0: piece of your company are you going to give up uh, and give that to somebody else? And I'm going to ask you, because you've been doing this for a while. When you bring someone on, they will never work at 100% of who you are. They're never, never going to never. be or care about the business as much as you are. What does a solo ha- entrepreneur have to accept when moving to that next level where they're going to bring on that type of, that type of help?
1: Yeah, I would I would totally agree with you. Absolutely. You've seen this through your business life, through your podcast, through everything you're doing and you get it. And so does most of the people listening will understand that, but they're afraid. They're afraid to give up a little bit, but they'll understand they can't grow beyond that. So I would say, yeah, you've got to decide what you hate, what you love and what you can't give up. All right. So if you hate it, outsource it, sell it, trade it, give it to someone else, pay someone else to do the job. I would also say this, Paul, it was clearly mentioned. I mean, the the business bros bosses are saying it clearly. You cannot do everything and you cannot hire someone to be you and do everything just like you. They'll never, ever have the passion. And, you know, Paul, you're going to get your reward. You just got to hustle a little harder. Um, You've got to be able to give something up too, though. And that's part of the hustling harder to find someone that will take on the crap that you don't want to do. Or maybe it's just that you found someone that's better than you take the things that you're not necessarily good at. And that's the stuff you might want to outsource or partner up or hire for to do that. I would say that when it comes to marketing, you want to get a great marketing team that will outmarket you, but there's so many amazing tools. I mean, especially with AI, I know you guys are watching this one. Um, everybody in the business bros office, all those students, they're probably freaking out because they're loving the future of AI, but you know, you've got AI, you've got beyond or before that, you've got automation, you've got tools that will help you do the prospecting for you. I'm going to drop one here. I love it. I use it It's Dripify. I use Dripify on LinkedIn to do prospecting. I can set up a handful of messages that I want to go out when I want them to go out. It finds me the people that are in my ideal description, if you will, the avatar, my personas that I create for certain individuals, and it connects with them. And then, you know, and there's a whole bunch of other features I won't get into. But it creates a couple of messages back and forth, creates some rapport before it says, hey, what about this? Would you look at this? Are you interested in this? And I would say, Paul, find those things to find the owners of those buildings. Build that persona. Yes, I'm talking to Paul directly on this one, not just generally, but find the owners of those buildings, the management groups, connect with them and a whole bunch of people on their teams and introduce your services in a gentle way. Give, give, give. Ask or give, 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 get. The three to one ratio that I like to teach is three to one, three gives and a get. And uh, Paul, automation is going to be huge for you. I think you could do it and grow your business right there. And the difference you could do in the next 30 to 60, 90 days would offset what you would spend to bring someone on to do that thing you don't like. And maybe it's spending on more marketing, maybe it's digital marketing, maybe it's you know, working with the business bros or or myself or somebody else, you know, and being able to get to that next level. But automate as much as you can first, Paul. Optimize then automate. That's something you'll see on my website all the time: is optimize and automate. And then if you can't do it, you outsource it and hire someone else to do it for you. Oh yeah,
0: absolutely. All right, uh, Patrick. I'm going to make sure uh, we get some information out about you, and I'm going to use uh, I'm going to use Paul here as, as your as your uh, <laughs> student here. So Paul says, you know, the thing is I'm rated five-star company and over a awesome. hundred Google reviews, which is amazing. And again, it comes back to the fact that when you bring somebody on, if you want to maintain those reviews and you have to have a system in place where part of their job is to request a review or to get so many five-star ratings, some of those KPIs that you can put in place. So, you know, and then he says, you know, I just need someone to help me. I feel defeated, Paul. I'm sh- I'm sorry, Patrick. I'm sure there are people out there that feel exactly like Paul's feeling. And if they need to reach out so they can work with you, they need help getting some of these processes in place. How can they do that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'll just say it like we're entrepreneurs, true and true. And we may have a little bit of success or a lot of success and then a whole bunch of failures. We're in the exact same boat every single day. There's days I wake up and I go, man, I feel defeated. How am I going to get all this done? My list that I make every day, and I know people say don't do lists, but you know what? I tried that. It doesn't work for me. I'm ex-military <laughs> and it does not work. You got to give me a set of rules to follow. You got to give me the action plans. And if I got to blow something up, I got to go do it. And there's steps to get to that bomb, right? And and this is a business bomb. You got to hit as many people as possible. And that's what marketing does for you. It hits up that, that business bomb. Paul, you got a hundred. I mean, you're. I think it was five hundred. Sorry, five star reviews. Like you got hundreds of them. You're one of the best in your industry. Other people need to tell that story for you, and you need to share that with the marketing world. And you need to get it out to those people that you're prospecting. Uh, I know you need help. I know you're struggling. You can you can reach out to lots of different organizations. Business Bros EmpoweredEntrepreneur.ca. Yes, I'm Canadian, but I've been doing business in the states for. Well, over 20 some odd years. Yes, I turned 49 this year. So just let it go. Uh, (laughs) But it's experience points that I got. It's experience points that the business bros got. We're able to impact you faster so you can grow faster. Sometimes you just need a mentor, an advisor, or a coach. You don't need a full-fledged team. Maybe it's a look at your business and saying, these are the things that work really well for you. These things need some help. But man, could they explode your business? And here's how you find someone, you know, there's a really great, uh, I did a podcast on my own, of course. Um, and I had a great guest on and she talks all about internships and it's massively growing in the U S in fact, she's in your area. She's down in, uh, in New York and Connecticut area. And, you know, she brings interns on from colleges and universities all the time and she helps find them placements in businesses. So if someone wants to go into business management and you're looking for uh, someone to take over the management side of things or marketing, you could get an intern. You could get credits for that, for your your grants and, and all sorts of other credits from the government to do that. And you could help a student get their education and their hours. And maybe if they're interested in your business, you can give them a managing partner's percentage, rate, shares, equity, performance bonuses, whatever you want to set it up as and call it. And that's how you get them to stay if they're amazing. But you get to test them out first as an intern. Same goes for any employee you hire. You know, you might want to hire someone just to do the rugs. You might want to hire someone just to do the marketing. I'd probably say outsource your marketing, to be honest, right now. It's probably the fastest and easiest. And uh, just get a team that gets paid for performance. I think that's very important because if they don't deliver, you don't pay. And that's uh, if a marketing guru is worth their salt, they will deliver leads. But before you go to that, I would tell you to automate as much as you could. I really would.
0: Yeah, and I, I agree 100%. There's so many platforms out there that will help you automate a lot of your processes. Everything from getting somebody in to creating a quote to sending out your emails, drip campaigns, to creating your content at scale. A lot of that marketing stuff can take – even if you can do it in 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes a day, all those tasks add up. And they take up so much of your time that that's where you start to feel overwhelmed. That's where you start to feel defeated. Uh, That's where you're just just over it at that point because you just feel like this is not what I got into business for. I didn't get into business to start editing videos for Instagram. That's not what I did it for. But – If you can outsource those things like like Patrick is saying, you can automate some of that process. It's like you're getting all this time back to do those things that you want to do. And if you really take advantage of what Patrick is saying here, where you can find interns or you can find people to come in and partner with you, that's really where the scalability in your business comes from. It comes from not you doing everything by yourself anymore, but working with somebody towards that direct vision. What Patrick was talking at the very beginning where you have that CEO, that's you, Paul. You're the CEO. You have a vision of where your business wants to go. And now you need teams of people, people who have those skills in the areas where you're lacking, and you need to guide them in that direction. Make sure you guys check out Patrick's website, empoweredentrepreneur.ca. Drop by there. Have a conversation. It's people like Patrick who are out there helping you, giving you the experience that they have already had and trying to point you in a direction where you're going to be successful. So ladies and gentlemen, one more time, uh, it's Entrepreneur, I'm sorry empoweredentrepreneur.ca. Make sure that website scroll on the bottom. And if you want to to reach Patrick, his email address is Patrick at empoweredentrepreneur.ca or follow him on social at empoweredentrepreneur.ca. Pat, right before we head out, because we're running low on time, any last minute thoughts?
1: Uh, I would say a couple things. Very first, I would say, if you do reach out to me, make sure you say business bros, book a free discovery call with me. I'll give it to you, no problem, business bros. I'll invite you into a group perhaps. And if you say business bros, I don't know if you got that business bros, you're going to be able to get into the group for free. I'll put you in a unique, free, special group. So I've never done it like this before. That's something I decided on today. So that's the one thing I'll do. The second thing is uh, I got lots of free resources on the website, discover, I got a webinar, discover how I optimize and automate lead generation to four companies, to grow four companies in 23 months from idea to acquisition. And uh, truthfully, they were all over the nine figure business. So pretty exciting that way. But uh, I would just say, optimize and automate. But before you do that, know your passion. What do you actually want to accomplish? Find out what's working for you, make sure you optimize that, then automate it as much as you can. If you want a free list of tools, Get on Discovery Call Me and I'll just actually give you the document. I'll download it. I'll give you the link to it. Not hidden behind any email signups or anything like that. I'll just give it to you once we have a conversation. Totally free. Perfect. All
0: right, ladies and gents. Patrick, thank you very much for coming on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Remember, there's no such thing as a million-dollar idea, only million-dollar ex- execution. And you can thank Billie Jean for Ooh, that nice. one. Next, later, on. Have a great rest of your day.
1: It's over. Awesome. Go thank move. you so much, everyone. Appreciate- if your business
0: in need of marketing, try starting a podcast. But not just any podcast. Podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today.